Zach Berdier is Captive Portal, and he's here to speak with The Antidote. Thanks for coming, Zach. Thank you for having me, man. It's awesome to be here. I'm going to tell you this right from the start. You are a music troublemaker, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that totally makes sense. Because you do such a wild range of music. I mean, nobody told you that this isn't the way that you're supposed to make music? No, I just kind of, I get stuff in my head and for better or for worse, I put it in music form. And if people like it, that's a surprise. If people hate it, that's to be expected. So (laughs) (laughs) you even tell about that on the band Facebook page. It says that Captive Portal is musical madness. I mean, so when did the insanity (laughs) begin? Um, The Captive Portal music project the actual start date, from what I remember, was Thanksgiving 2012. Um, that's where I made my first song as that project called Jesse's Wisdom Tooth. And I just took one day before the Thanksgiving gathering, I'm going to try something new that I haven't done before. All the stuff I've done in the past, I wasn't really a fan of, and I just wanted to start from square one. So I just wrote that song in a day, and the rest is history, I guess. I suppose if I was asked, I would have to say that Captive Portal is primarily experimental EDM. But you did change that around on your 2017 EP, Music is Telephone. It's sort of shoegaze acoustic guitar. Mm -hmm. What is it? You just don't want to have a certain focus for your music? Um, Not necessarily. I, I always want to try using different instruments, trying different styles of music to see what I can pull off and... There's stuff going on in my head all the time of what sounds I want to try to replicate or what style of music, what time signature, what length, uh, what feel. And I just start making songs. And if it turns out somewhat listenable, I finish it and then I put it out for free. Does this mean that you're a music sponge? You know, you hear something (laughs) and you want to do your own creation? I guess you can say that because my music collection is pretty huge. I would say probably bigger than the normal person at my age in his mid-20s. I would say maybe 3,000 CDs I've gotten over the course of time. A decent amount of records, cassettes. I even have a couple hard drive releases, floppy disk releases. I don't know. I just am very intrigued to very obscure ways of creating certain sounds or even doing styles of music with different types of instruments. Um, One artist that I've listened to growing up, his name is Goto80 from Sweden. Um, He is very eclectic with his music styles. He has done like pop, jazz, experimental, some funky stuff, disco stuff, some drum and bass too, but he all does it on the Commodore 64. (laughs) Then like he branches off with like older pieces of gear. So just things like that just pretty much intrigue me. I guess I can do something weird like that too. I don't know. For me, not necessarily that I want to like copy other people, but I hear different styles of music, different sounds. Like, oh, this guy created this instrument from a, a circuit bent toy, or he took a walk in the woods or something, went to the city, brought a microphone with him, and recorded stuff, and used that for part of a song or a short film. What I like to do is take little bits and pieces of that. I like to make drum beats out of sounds I record just from going about in the world, just like walking in the city or just 
driving by and I hear like this car and this makes a weird sound and I'm like oh I have my microphone with me I'm gonna pull it out record it and maybe a couple years I go back to all the sounds I've recorded hey this may be a cool hi-hat sound or a snare sound so even though I'm a drummer I guess I just hear rhythms and beats and loops and stuff just from out in the world and I'm like I almost want to make a song from that recreate it or record it source, you know, something like that. What I guess I can't understand is why you would want to create music this way. I think that having a specific style would make your job a heck of a lot easier. I agree with you. So then why not just do typical music? I guess for me, not making typical music myself, I guess I just could get bored of it. I... I like to take on challenges, I guess. Like, for example, you mentioned music is telephone. I'm more of a drummer, not really a guitar player, and I've dabbled in it, but not really acoustic guitar. So with that EP, I was just thinking, could I make five songs in a month using solely that one instrument? So I got the idea of doing like an acoustic looping kind of thing, even though I don't own that gear. So I grabbed the camera, grabbed the guitar, mic'd everything up, and for one whole day I recorded loops for a total of five songs, and then over the course of that month I pieced it together to what the release is today, and also I had videos on YouTube accompanying it, showing me actually playing it, and the video blocks repeat themselves to where it's like an acoustic looping video, but I looped it on Pro Tools, so I kind of cheated because I can't do it live. <laughs> That's an incredible amount of work. Your wife must mm-hmm. want to kill you. She's never going to see you. You're constantly going to be recording. <laughs> yeah, uh, there there are some times where I'm just like so hyper focused and I have to work, and my wife's like, "Hey, I exist too. You should come spend time with me." And I'm like, "I should probably do that." So <laughs> I love my wife though. She puts up with me a lot. No one I know personally really understands the music that I make, like my whole entire catalog. Some may get certain releases or certain styles that I've done, but the catalog as a whole, they're like, this guy's crazy. (laughs) Okay, so we've determined that your music is random, and so are your song titles. Yeah. I'm going to put out a couple here. Pushing a cart or wearing a jacket. Breadcrumb trees. Equestrian encryption. I mean, how do you dream these up? Uh, various different ways, actually. Let me just preface by saying, on my phone, I have a list of song titles that I thought of or have come up in situations over the years. Like, pushing a cart or wearing a jacket, uh, me and a couple friends a few years ago went to a Target just to, like, look around, just to hang out. And one of my friends, even though he wasn't going to buy anything, he was walking around with the cart and he threw his jacket in there. And I'm like, why do you want to have a cart for just a jacket? It's like, I either wear this jacket or I'm going to push a cart. I'm like, pushing a cart or wearing a jacket. Okay, possible song title. So I wrote it down so I didn't forget it. (laughs) And so when I'm finished with the song or getting near finished with the song, I go through the list thinking what ridiculous phrase that I thought of or someone else has thought of would fit with this song. So pushing a cart or wearing a jacket is that. That's so funny. 
so many random situations have happened over the years. I'm sure, I don't know if you've had those when you're like talking with someone and someone like slips on words or you think they said something, but they said something different and what you thought they said was really hilarious. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, so I try to write down most of those as I possibly can because it's something that just like you forget in an instant. So I want to, I guess, remember all the weird set of words that were put together because me personally I'm not the best with words and making song titles is really really difficult for me so these phrases are just like random sets of words fits with the randomness and musical madness that is me so <laughs> let's go to another switch in genre for captive portal your latest release what is goes post-rock, sort of dream wave. I mean, the sound is so smooth, you feel as if you're floating on air listening to it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So this was around the same time that I made the Music Is Telephone release. Around uh, the fall of 2016, I wanted to see if I could make a set of five songs with just completely different styles I haven't done before. And the Music Is Telephone one came out first, which is the acoustic looping EP of sorts. And then I've always wanted to try a full release of shoegaze music, echoey guitar, see if I can make a whole EP with live drums, bass, and guitar, and maybe like a voice here and there. So I took a month to create the What Is EP in November of 2016, I believe, but I guess since I just got focused on so many other projects and the net label I was trying to put it out at the time is super busy and I didn't have everything ready for release. So that's why it took so long for it to come out and it only came out in March of this year. I like to hear about net labels because that's something that you're really focused on releasing your oh, yeah. music through. Mm -hmm. Net labels, I discovered when they were at their peak, I would say, around 2006 or so. So, net labels started around the demo scene communities in the early 90s, because it's not very known. It's, it's extremely underground. And the music that was done through there was through modular files on tracker software, which a lot of the early 90s artists have used. A lot of these artists were inspired by music like Aphex Twin, who made some of his music through these uh, old tracker softwares. And so that birthed music groups online to showcase that music, and they all had their names, logos, and they were kind of slowly to be treated like labels of sorts, where people sending their music there. And then in the late 90s, early 2000s, when the MP3 file was more of a thing, net labels took off even more to where it now it had everything in MP3 files. Or And now, since everyone does things independently, anyone can post music themselves, and they don't really need a net label of sorts to do that. But I think one reason why net labels are still around, it's online community since net labels are all over the world i've had some of my music on net labels the main one is mahorka in bulgaria and i've had some in other countries as well throughout europe net labels are very international across the ocean in europe and asia it's more prominent 
the thing I want to touch base with with nightlevelarchive.org, which is a site that I run. Um, since I've been collecting net labels since the mid 2000s, and I've noticed over time, some people get bored or get busy because life gets in the way or they can't pay for hosting because they're paying out of pocket to do this. They go away eventually. And if they have the music directly uploaded through their web hosting provider, all the music gets lost too. So if you don't own the music, it's pretty much hard to get the music back. So what I did with Netlabel Archive is to find inactive net labels, try to get the releases, and then I gather those, re-upload them on the site called archive.org. Like thousands of net labels have uploaded music through archive.org, and that's a good place to have your music stored because that site's not gonna go away. Net labels that aren't on that site, I put them on there. And then I have all the descriptions, artwork, release dates, basically having the net labels site on my site to where it'll always be there and it'll always be on archive.org and on YouTube as well. Just to make sure that people's hard work doesn't get lost. Well, that's certainly an unusual way of releasing music. Mm -hmm. You also take it another way because you're putting out your own music and other bands' releases on cassette. I remember the days when CDs first came onto the market and really tossed out their tapes. Now mm -hmm. they're back, but are cassettes really just a novelty? I have no idea, but <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole cassette thing is very interesting to me because a few years ago, when I saw that bands were putting out cassettes again, I thought, this is not going to last. This is the strangest thing. I've given up on cassettes for a long time, but... I've noticed that bands started to do it again. Some people just like to have it. Because, I mean, I actually, I'm holding a cassette right now. It's really cool to hold and look at. And you can do all, like, the weird colors and see-through, not see-through kind of things. And I guess, packaging-wise, it's a pretty cool-looking thing. The whole cassette thing is very strange. But then again, I have albums from people that release stuff on floppy disks. So cassettes might have been old school and now they're back. Is that the same situation with 8-bit music? You went that route on the single. 100841? How do you say it? I've actually never said it out loud, to be honest. <laughs> so you don't um, even know. <laughs> you can say whatever you want to say. It. Um, yeah, I did that chiptune actually with my old Game Boy Color that I have. I also have an... EP called Laughing Turkeys, which I tried to do strictly chiptune just to see if I could do it. And I think it came out okay, I guess. We'll see. Um, yeah, the chiptune thing, uh, going back also with like artists like Go280, I also like Bit Shifter and Null Sleep, which those two artists run 8-bit peoples. Um, it's like basically using the Game Boy or using the Nintendo Entertainment System or Commodore 64, Famicom, or whatever game system was used back in the day and use it as an instrument, you know? Because even some bands today use those sounds, but not necessarily make chiptune music. Like, they have a synth that has that sound. And I guess they want to see if they can create songs using those pieces of gear only. And there's, yeah, there are some nostalgia to it because a lot of those artists grew up with those game systems and those sounds. So even though I didn't really 
fully grow up with those sounds. I was always intrigued by it and also with the circuit bending and experimenting. There's so many different ways that people try to create chiptune music with the limited gear that they have. They have pedal boards, they create their own instruments with it. It's it's all very interesting stuff to me. You were talking about all the styles of music that you brought into your sound as Captive Portal, but that isn't your only music outlet. You're also tied into a couple of punk bands. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the two bands I'm currently in are October Bird of Death and Two Minute Minor. I've always enjoyed being in bands as well because I like to play music with other people and drums is my main instrument and will always be. Growing up, I was also intrigued by mainly 90s pop punk. Um, I was also in other bands throughout high school and college, more so on the punk edge or pop punk edge. What's the attraction with punk versus what you're doing with Captive Portal? Good question. Uh, one of the band interviews for Two Minute Minor and October Bird of Death, uh, there was a speed round where they asked, like, what's the band or artist that got you into playing punk? And for me, that's MXPX, punk rock show. I mean, come on, that's such a classic. <laughs> um, Yuri, holy crap, that guy can play. And the fact that he can still do that today without breaking a sweat blows my mind. And I guess as a kid... Yuri, the drummer, and also the drummer of P.O.D., those two drummers have always inspired me to play drums in those styles, but I kind of went more in the punk route because I've always wanted to see how fast I can play, how fast my hands can play. And that's what you're able to do. I guess so, but I still don't think I'm as far as good as Yuri is. That guy's a machine. <laughs> he really is, and he looks like he's the manager of a McDonald's look wise that's insane that's hilarious actually i'm trying to imagine him in that outfit right now you go yuri <laughs> <laughs> if you could do anything you wanted to with music what would it be hmm that's a very loaded question i have no idea it would be awesome if i would be able to pull off creating every style of music that is out there but I know that is impossible because I'm one person and I'm also limited in my skill. I'm sure I can never play black metal or death metal anything ever. So that's one style of music I can't do. So You have to tell us what's next on your list to record, Zach. Like, are you going to surprise people again? I do have some stuff in the works. I mean, I'm always creating songs regardless if it's Captive Portal or some other project I'm doing. So whenever I get a good collection of songs that seems to be like a good release, I'll put it out through a net label most likely, and we'll see how many I put out this year or next year or the future. And we'll be looking forward to that. Listen, Zach, thanks so much for coming on The Antidote and talking about Captive Portal. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it a lot.